Well, hello there, church and friends of Church at the Red Door. No, you're not seeing things. No, you're 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 in my kitchen, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm wearing a a chef's jacket <laughs> because today we're going to be looking at God's recipe for strength and perseverance during these times that we're living with the whole COVID. 19 and all the civil unrest and the whole political climate that we find ourselves in, I thought we'd do something a little fun. All right, and I'm going to bake us a cake because, you know, uh, life's like baking a cake, which you'll see in just a minute. But before we get started, I have my very good friend CJ and his lovely wife Shannon. They're going to open us up with the uh, scripture verse today. That's, that's the key scripture verse. So CJ and Shannon, go ahead, take it away. Hello, Church at the Red Door family. We're CJ and Shannon Lamro, and we are coming to you from Yucca Valley, California. We miss CRD so much. You know, we miss Preston running through the, the hallways and going and stealing the donut holes and uh, running up to Pastor Jeff and uh, giving him a big old hug when he's talking to so many of you guys. And we really, really miss you. Um, right now, uh, the Lamro family, we're going through some challenging times and our faith is in Jesus. And, um, you know, Pastor Paul uh, asked us to read Romans 8.28. So Shannon's going to go ahead and uh, read it to you guys. And, and here she is. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So back to you, Pastor Paul. We love you. Well, thanks so much, CJ and Shannon. First of all, it was wonderful to see you guys, and thank you for being part of this morning. You know, that scripture verse from Romans 8, 28, it's a powerful verse. We know that God causes all things together, all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to their purpose. But what I wanted you to catch this morning is that this is such a powerful verse, but notice what it does not say. It doesn't say all things work out the way that I want them to. I mean, we would like it to say that, okay? We'd like to interpret that, but uh, that's not what it says. It does not say that all things have a happy ending here on earth. And do you know why? Because it's true. You know, reality teaches us that not every patient gets well. Uh, not every couple that gets married lives happily ever after. I mean, reality teaches us that not every business decision makes a million dollars, right? Uh, not all problems get resolved. Not all children get straight A's and are captain of the football team. So what does Paul mean when he says, we know? We know that God causes all things to work together for good. We know. I see what Paul is saying as Christians, for those of us that are listening today that are Christians, we shouldn't be standing around wishing that things would work themselves out. We should be walking around not having false hope, but knowing that things will work out. Paul is saying, we know they will. Paul's saying, look it, it's a certainty. How about that part of the verse that says, we know that God causes? Are you catching that? We know that God causes all things to work together for good. Because you see, I mean, I mean, when you listen to that, you see there is no such thing as fate. Look at, there's no such thing as chance. There's no such thing as good luck and bad luck. There's no such thing as karma, okay? You know, it's like, what are the old Doris Day used to sing? Whatever will be, will be, you know? But believe me, 
Okay, or you have people say, boy, I sure fell into that. Well, you know what? Can I tell you, none of that's really true. The verse, what I love about this verse is that it goes on today to say, we know that God causes, are you ready? All things to work together for good. All things. And maybe you're thinking, well, what does all things mean, right? Does it include illness? Does that include unemployment? How about divorce? Does it include divorce? God's going to work all that to good. How about the COVID-19? Does it include the damage that's been done by all the civil disobedience in our country? Does that include stupid mistakes <laughs> that I have made in my life? Well, I'm telling you what Paul is saying. He goes, absolutely, yes, it does. See, there's something very, very important in this verse, and I don't want you to miss this, okay? All right, it doesn't say all things are good. I hope you're catching this. It does not say God causes all things because God doesn't. God does not cause rape. God does not cause war. God doesn't cause famine or poverty. He doesn't cause cancer. So don't miss this. And listen, if you're brand new to uh, Church of the Red Door or, or listening to me teach, whenever I say don't miss this, if you forget half the things I say this morning, remember these things. Don't miss this. God does not cause all things. We bring a lot on ourselves. Am I right? Don't we? When the Apostle Paul said, God causes all things to work together. Let me give you an example here. See all these ingredients that I have here right now? I'm here this morning to bake cake, okay? And when you bake a cake, right, you got to have some flour and you got to have some Crisco. You got to have some sugar. You got to have some salt. And you got to have milk and vanilla. And, you know, most of these things all by themselves, you know, they really don't taste very good, right? I mean, have you ever just... Have you ever just tasted flour? I mean, like, ew. And how about, how about Crisco? Have you just, ew, right? It's really, it's really yucky, right? But let's just start with this. Let's just make this here. Let me show you what I'm trying to bring to you. So let's say Crisco. Let's say it represents in life. Let's use an example. Let's say this Crisco represents, because it's so, ugh. Let's say it all by itself tastes terrible. Let's just say this represents, uh, let's say, a broken family or a broken marriage, you know, and it's just, you know, just not great. And so, but yet it's still, let's take this bowl as being your life. It's still part of your life, though. It's involved in there, but it's not a part that tastes really well at all, okay? It could be a loss of a loved one. It could be all kinds of things, right? And then let's just take the flower, for instance. Let's say flour represents maybe some of the bad decisions that you've made in life. Or maybe some of the bad things that people have done to you. You know, it's kind of, you know how flour is. It gets sprinkled around inside your dish. But let's see, throughout your life, you've had all these things happen in your life, sprinkled throughout it. And we just add that to the mixture of your life. But then there's the sugar. Then there's the sweetness of life. There are things in life that come along, right? Like the sweetness of good friends you know, a family. And those come along and they get mixed into our, our lifestyle. And then let's talk about salt. You know, we put in some teaspoons of salt. You know, salt, you know, could be just the hope. The hope that comes along in life. You know, the stuff that brings us joy just adds that, just how salt adds that extra 
flavor, right? And then you've got eggs, you know? Uh, well, you know, sometimes we've got broken dreams, right? We've got all these thoughts and hopes that thought things were gonna take place, but life sometimes has a way of, it, they kind of get broken and they, and they fall on the ground, right? They don't turn out to be what we had hoped they would be. You have broken eggs. And then there's times, and, but then there's like vanilla. So vanilla comes along, you know, and vanilla, it's kind of like, let's call it the flavor of love, okay? It's the flavor of love. And that gets added to the mixture of our life, and it just starts to bring us some more joy, mixed in with all the other things we find ourselves. And, and then, of course, you know, there we got throw in milk, and then we've got baking soda, okay? We got baking soda. Maybe baking soda represents those special moments in life, you know? The moments that maybe, maybe it's the birth of a child or, or a grandchild. Those moments in life where it just brought fulfillment to you in your life. You know, individually, all these things by themselves, well, individually, they don't really do much, do they? And But that's kind of like what your life looks like. <laughs> Okay, with so much individual stuff. But then, when you start to mix it, And just so for our example here, okay, I'm not going to go ahead and continue to, to beat this all the way, but you can see just as in life and what God does for us in our life, things just kind of mix together. They kind of come together. And so let me work my way around here in the kitchen. But what we want to do is with those things in life is then take them and we pour them into a pan. And what we're going to try to do is make something wonderful out of it. So we go ahead and we pour that into the mixture, shake it all in. You can see I'm no uh, perfect uh, chef there, am I? But you know, you shake it all around, you get it nice and even, right? And then you go ahead and you place it into the oven. Well, for the sake of our time today, I already went ahead and baked one, <laughs> okay, ahead of time just to show you that sometimes some ingredients don't taste very well all by themselves. Once they're all put together and come out together, it gets something beautiful, it's something nourishing. And boy, can I tell you, it sure smells, it smells so good. You see, when the elements of your life are put together, just like the elements of a cake, can I tell you, I hope you're catching what I'm trying to do with all this. It can produce something beautiful, okay? Look at. I started with saying this, God wants to bake a cake in your life. <laughs> you know, you're probably shaking, what, Paul? Look at, he wants to take the elements of your life, even the things that are distasteful, even the things that are bitter, and he wants to work them all together, okay? And maybe look at it another way. God is weaving a tapestry of your life. You know, if you ever seen someone put a tapestry together, you know, they had, I mean, there's some dark threads, there's some light threads, you know, um, there's some heavy yarn, you know, there's all these different colors. And if you ever looked at the underside of a tapestry, it, I mean, it's a mess. You can't figure out what it is. It makes no sense at all. 
all we see is a bunch, if we look at it as our life, all we see is a bunch of bad choices. We see the good things that happen in our lives. We see the bad things that have happened in our lives. And many times, you know, we, we, we look at life and they just don't make any sense at all. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. So look at when God looks down on the tapestry that is being weaved together in your life and in my life, he sees a pattern emerging. He sees a view that none of us can see. God is saying, you should see, listen, he's talking to you. You should see this beautiful pattern. It's creating. Just keep walking with me. So let me just take us back for a minute, all right? Let's go back to our verse. And I want to look at something else here today. It goes on to say, We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. Did you catch that? It's not a promise for everybody. It's a promise for those who love God and who want to have a relationship with Him and who are trying to live according to, to their purpose and what he wants them to do. Can I tell you, just as your friend and as your pastor, if you're thumbing your nose at God and say, forget you, God, I'm going to do the things the way that I want to do them. Can I tell you, things are not going to work out real well for you in life. I just want to encourage you about that. You know, I talk briefly how God takes the many elements of our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he works them together to produce that's right, a beautiful cake, a beautiful, beautiful cake. How the elements of our life, even the tragic ones, can I tell you, can be just nourishing to other people and not just ourselves, you know, for everyone. In Romans 5, if you got your Bibles, turn to Romans 5, verse 1. We're going to go through Romans 5, uh, 1 through 5. This is what Paul says, because he tries to encourage us to rejoice, okay, in trials and tribulations. Yeah, that's what Paul says. This is what it says in 5. goes, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God. But wait, wait, here it comes. And he goes, not only this, and hopefully this will be up on the screen for you, not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance. Perseverance brings proven character. Proven character brings hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts, and this is what he ends it with, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So let me ask every one of you a few questions. You ready? What difference does knowing Christ make when your life is falling apart? Let me say that again. What difference does knowing Christ make when you find your life falling apart? Does faith in Jesus Christ make a difference when your marriage is falling apart? It's on the rocks. Does faith in Jesus Christ make a difference when you're in the doctor's office and he goes, I hate to tell you, but the cancer's back? Or you get a phone call and one of your kids are in trouble. Does faith in Christ make a difference when you're being told to wear a face mask everywhere you go? 
Huh? Does, does faith in Christ help you wherever you go? All your movements, right? We're all being restricted of what we can, can't do, where we can go, all those things. When your way of life has been radically changed, does your faith in Jesus make any difference? When, when you find life tumbling out of control, what then? Does Jesus make it a difference when the going gets tough? I love what the Apostle Paul says here. He goes, we rejoice in our sufferings. And again, you got to go, what, Paul? What are you thinking about, Paul? This is, I mean, you got to sit there and go, Paul, what? Have you lost your mind? Rejoice in suffering. I mean, it sounds absurd, right? It doesn't make any sense at all. No one rejoices in their problems. But I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what Paul said. But see, because there's more. He goes on, he goes, he goes, remember he said the word knowing. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope, he says, remember, does not disappoint. See, the most important word I want you to catch here is knowing. There are so many things we don't know. We don't know why cancer hits one person and it doesn't hit the other person. We don't know why the house didn't sell. I mean, why is the guys down the street house sell? How come my house isn't selling? You know, you know, we don't know why. How come the money never came in? You know, we're counting on it. It never showed up. We don't know why one person dies from COVID-19 and another person in the same bed next to him doesn't. And sometimes you scratch your head and go, well, how come one kid excels and the other kid doesn't? Look, there's so many things we don't know. As a matter of fact, I think there are way more things that we don't know. But this we do know. Romans 8, 28, the same verse we started with. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Paul says we rejoice in our hard times because we know that God is working in the hard times to produce something beautiful, beautiful in each and every one of us. I came across this story about a Chinese Christian, and I'm going to read it to you. It's, he's sharing his testimony about what it was like to become a believer. And this is what he says. He goes, I was walking through the road of life, and I fell into a ditch. And then he goes, but this was no ordinary ditch. This ditch was a ditch that was filled with my depression, he said, my discouragement, my life full of sin. He goes on to say that as he laid there inside the ditch, he goes, Muhammad came along and he said, it's your own fault that you're in that ditch. You must have offended Allah. And this is your just punishment. Well, then Buddha came along while he's still laying in the ditch. And he says, you know, Buddha turns to him and goes, you know what? You're not really in a ditch. You just think you're in a ditch. Okay. It's really just an illusion of the mind. Be at peace. Learn to live in your ditch. And then Confucius came by and said, here are the 10 steps for you for self-attainment by which you can get out of that ditch. If you climb and if you'll struggle, you'll eventually climb out of it eventually. But he goes, you know, as much as I struggled and strained, I couldn't get out of the ditch because it's too deep. Then one day he said, Jesus Christ came by, saw him in the ditch. He said, without a word, he reached down, he lifted me up with his everlasting arms and pulled me out of the ditch. 
And he goes, I thank God that Jesus did for me what I couldn't do for myself. See, friends, the moral of the story is this, is that sometimes you may feel that you're just stuck in a ditch. I mean, maybe you feel like right now with everything that's going on, you're stuck in a ditch of hopelessness. Maybe you're stuck in a ditch of discouragement. Maybe you're stuck in a ditch that's just full of depression. Maybe there's somebody else. Some, some of the others of you are saying, you know what? I, hey, Paul, you know what? I'm tired of struggling. I'm so tired of trying. I'm so tired of failing. Have you, you know what, Paul? I, I'm so tired of trying to live right, and yet sometimes things don't, still don't seem to turn out right. Anybody hearing me here? I'm so tired of putting forth all this effort to improve my life with no results. Friends, can I tell you, it is time to stop trying to make it on your own, and it's time to start trusting in Jesus. I hope you're hearing me. It's time to start thanking him for what he's already done in your life. Look at John 3.16. We all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Remember what verse 17 says, you know, that God came into the world, what? Not to condemn it, but he came into the world to save it. And then there's Romans 10.13. Paul says, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Look at, I don't know about any of you, but if, I'm going to tell you, if it hadn't been for Jesus Christ coming into my life, I'm, I'm serious. I literally would have thrown in the towel a long time ago. I thank God for Jesus Christ. I thank God that through Jesus I can do all things because he strengthens me and he strengthens you as well. I thank him from reaching down, boy, and pulling me out of that pit and setting me free. That's why Paul says to us in Romans 7, 24, wretched man that I am. You know, I never understood that verse until I became wretched. I, I never thought I was <laughs> until Christ starts revealing who the real person is on the inside. Paul goes, wretched man that I am. Who's going to set me free from this body of this death? What's so great is that Paul then shares the recipe for this strength. Okay, for this perseverance. He goes on to say, thanks be to God. It's because of Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's how you can do it. That's how you gain your strength. That's how you persevere. Friends, let me tell you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, we need to thank God through Jesus Christ, who is the source of your strength. So as we close, let me ask you, you feeling hopeless about something in your life? Maybe you feel trapped in what you think is a hopeless marriage. Maybe you feel trapped in a hopeless career. Maybe you're dealing with a hopeless health problem. You know, you've been to the doctors, they, you know, and done all these tests and they just can't seem to know what to do that make things better. Maybe you got a hopeless situation with one of your kids. Maybe it's one of the grandkids. Maybe you got a hopeless situation with your finances. And believe me, right, this whole COVID thing, it isn't helping at all. You just feel like, you know what, I'm just getting deeper in debt, all right? I, it's month after month. I, don't, I, I, I can't see myself getting out of this. Maybe you're a single parent. 
In those days, am I right? Sometimes you just feel powerless, hopeless to cope. What do you do? Listen, don't miss this. You give it to God. Let me say it again. You give it to God. Listen, you have to surrender. You have to become humble and say, God, I can't fix this on my own. I need you to help me through this situation. Remember, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, okay, he can raise a dead hope. He can raise a dead dream, dead finances, dead marriage. He can do it all because there's hope in Jesus Christ. And I want you to remember two things. If you're barely hanging on today, I want you to remember these two things. Or in the future, if you come across these, try to remember these things. First one is you need to remember that God is always with you. Hebrews 13.5 says, never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Look, you may not feel it. You may not feel that God is even there or around you, but he cares. He can help. You will never go through. Listen, this is really important. You'll never go through anything alone. And second, you need to receive from God's people. You got to let people support you. That's why a church family is so important. Look, at, don't let the COVID stop you, okay? Join a small group via Zoom. Just go to our website, get on a Bible study, pick up the phone, call somebody. I'm telling you, you'll be glad you did. God is baking a cake in your life. And there are a lot of things in life that are uncertain. There are a lot of things that are distasteful. There are a lot of things that are bitter, but he's working them together for good. Remember that even if you're dealing with the, that just the Crisco of your life right now with a broken marriage, you know, or a, a split up in your family, okay? Or you got the flower, you got the flower, you made some bad decisions, you know, and or people have treated you wrong. Or maybe you've been fortunate still to have the sugar, there's, you know, that, that sweetness that's still going on within your life. The salt of the hope. Remember, we had the salt, just a sprinkle of salt, because it adds so much. It brings joy. It can bring hope in your life. We talked about the vanilla. It's the flavor of love. Celebrate what love you have in your family and, find, and, and that you receive from others. I mean, even if you have broken eggs, okay, in your life, broken eggs, broken dreams, you know, never forget about those baking soda moments we talked about, you know, those baking soda moments that give you purpose and fulfillment because when they're all put together, they kind of look like this, but once they're all blended together, as I shared with you before, I'm telling you, your life comes out beautiful. It comes complete. It turns into something you never would have thought that Crisco, <laughs> bad relationships, some flour that's just yucky tasting, but what do you mean? I mean, there's points of things in your life that came along that changed everything for you. So remember, when the elements of your life are put together, they're just like the elements of a cake and they will produce something wonderful, and something nourishing in your life, something you never expected. Just keep trusting and keep following God. Because again, like I said, God wants to bake a cake in your life. And he wants to take the elements of everything, everything, and work it together for good. So as we close down here, what's God's recipe for strength and perseverance? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. 
Maybe some of you don't have a relationship with him right now. Can I encourage you? Let's do it today. There's even a little link right here on the uh, website. You can see, click, I want to make a decision to accept Jesus in my life. Tell him that, you know, I, I need you. To, I, I, need, I need you to come into my life. I need your guidance, direction. I need your hope that you have. And maybe there's others out there going, you know what, Paul, I haven't, I haven't really thought about how God is mixing all these different things in my life and how he's never going to let me fall. This is your opportunity this morning just to take it to him and pray with him because you need to understand. And I hope you take this final thing. There is no situation is hopeless when you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. So, Father, I want to thank you for this morning. Father, I want to thank you for the unbelievable gift, the hope, the peace, the love, the security that we have in you through Jesus Christ. So, Father, please be with each and every one of us as we continue to work through this year. We thank you for the love again of your Son and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, I didn't hear you. That's right. Amen. God bless you and your family. Hey, go bake a cake. <laughs>